Always great to have. If it's Tuesday, it's Sinagra. Uh, the great doctor, the Sunrise Wellness Center of Sable. Check out the site, sunrisewellnesscenterli.com. You call for an appointment, free consultation. Away, you, ladies and gentlemen, at 631-563-1444. The aforementioned Ronald Sinagra. Doc, how are you on a Tuesday? Good morning, sir. How are you? I am okay. I'm okay. You know, not great. Uh, it's been a tough. Uh, it's been a tough week in our country. Without That's saying. for sure. You know, it's so, it's funny when I come on. I usually want to discuss health issues. You know, dealing with physical issues, and um, you know, COVID has consumed us for the last three months, and poof, it's gone. <laughs> you know, I was thinking this morning, like, how, what are we going to discuss about health and healing? And I wanted to take a step back because I. I think we've been, you know, consumed by fear in the country that I don't remember happening too much uh, or, or on a level like this. And I think the fear of this virus, we've allowed it to change everything. And we're seeing uh, things happen in society that I think I can relate to it just from a healing perspective. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, on? the connection between everything. Well, then my connection is, I still think, uh, you know, as far as the virus, I still think we have to be careful as far as spikes. It does concern me, the, the protests, the gatherings and everything else. You know, if, I think if we uh, let uh, take our foot off, uh, that's when we could have some problems. I don't want to see it. I do think we have quelled it to a point where we can get back into society. I think we've been very slow, a little too slow as far as the state is concerned. You know, phase one, we still got a, probably another week to go to get even the phase two. I mean, my goodness, I don't even know how many businesses are going to be left as far as Long Island is concerned when we get into phase two and restaurants and in-house dining. And uh, my my goodness, uh, it's, it's a tough deal. But, you know, then you have uh, this stuff taking place in the last seven days. And from a a mental health standpoint, I am uh, I'm even more concerned right now as far as what's going on around our country and how we're handling it and everything else. The police brutality is a massive concern. Uh, I think it's a tale of two cities as far as, you know, protesting the right way and, 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 and really, you know, pointing out your concerns as far as our society is concerned from a racial standpoint. But then the tale of two cities, the mayhem and the thuggery at night is just a little bit too much, uh, and and that's uh, that's how I'm kind of seeing things right now. So you know we're in a very tough time in our country. 2020, without question, has been the worst year in existence. Uh, but we yeah, got to well, get through this I, somehow. You, that's my take on things. Go ahead. 2020 has has, has been one year like uh, we we want to uh, we want to get out of as fast as we can. But you know. As a healer, I understand healing. And when I say I'm a healer, I'm not talking a spiritual or mystical healer. I'm talking about who's someone who understands that healing is love, compassion, respect, hope. You don't have to be a doctor to be a healer. Greatest, the greatest healer in the world was always Dr. Mom, um, as, as we all know. 
But 30 years in healthcare, Jay, I've learned, I've learned a lot about sickness versus health. I want, I want to share a quick story. When I first opened up the wellness center, I started dealing with a lot more really sick patients. And there was a glaring, glaring fact that was just so obvious you couldn't look past it. That when the people that came in that were very sick, they weren't just physically sick. They were sick everywhere. Their marriages, their careers, their friendships, their relationships with their children and families, their finances. The sickness prevailed all throughout them. And it it was very um, eye-opening. It was very profound. And I'm looking at the nation right now, and I'm thinking to myself, this nation is like a sick person. We've become sick on every level. But... What we see going on now is not rational, especially the reaction to the death of George Floyd. I don't ever remember when we have a controversial issue like this where 99.9% of us agreed. It was an asymmetrical response. 99.9% of the people and 99.9% of the police all wanted that guy put in jail for murder. There was no controversy like we used to see with Freddie Gray and I was Michael Brown and and some of these other you know you know racial issues and uh, and, and police issues that came about. We were all on the same page. So why is this happening? It, it, it didn't make sense. And I got an opinion. I, I I want to share it with you because I think everything goes back to what we've become in the last four months. I don't think you can separate this. We we lost our humanity, Jay. We locked ourselves away in quarantine. We separated our families. I mean, Stephanie and and my daughter didn't see her grandparents for months. Um, We took away our jobs. We took away our income. We took away our sports and recreation. We took away our gyms and salons and things that made us feel good. We closed our restaurants and bars and places where we socially gather. We closed our parks and beaches and kept us away from nature. We changed how we interact. We don't hug. We don't kiss. There was no dating. All the dating websites were down. There were no more parties. There were no more outlets of, of being human. And we took away our humanity. We closed our churches and temples. We took us away from God. So healing is love, and we see the opposite going on now. Healing is compassion. God is love, compassion, and healing. We're seeing evil, and I think what's happening is that we're seeing an overflow. It's an asymmetrical response to the death of Mr. Floyd, and I think it's all just spilling over. We've changed everything about us. The social distancing, now they separate us, like people that think that masks are not appropriate or, or an infringement upon civil rights. And then you see people that believe that they are, and, and now you see people giving each other dirty looks if they come within six feet of each other. The consequences of what we did to deal with this virus, I think, is the gasoline in the vessel. And, and the match w- w- was the death uh, of... Um, Uh, of Mr. Floyd, but if you throw a match into an empty cylinder, nothing happens. I think we fill that cylinder with gasoline by how we've changed everything about our humanity in the last three three months. And we did not 
think of the consequences beyond the virus and beyond how it's going to affect us on every single level. A sick person usually is sick on multiple levels. Very rare, and it's again, this is just a, 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 a rule of thumb. It's not, of course, there's exceptions, but most people that are sick are sick on multiple levels. Our society, we could, you can't change all those things. And I think that what we saw now is is an asymmetrical response to our loss of humanity. We got to open the damn churches, Jay. We got to get people back to living. Um, I think this is an explosion of frustration, an explosion of our loss of ourselves, our loss of humanity, and our separation from God. Right, listen, and I'm not a religious I mean, man, by the way. I'm, not, I'm certainly no preacher, but I can, see, you know, I can see a nation that's getting separated from God. Well, listen, you know, is it a derivative of, of what we have all been through for the last 91 days, give or take, maybe? You know, listen, this is also uh, an opportunistic type situation for many out there. The anarchists and everything else signaling to those to create the mayhem, uh, to create the doom and destruction that we have seen all across our nation. Uh, to me, it's an opportunity and kind of takes you off of what the George Floyd death uh, was all about. And uh, and that just can't happen. What we have seen over the last several days is a lack of leadership, a lack oh, I agree. of accountability. Uh, where was the president of the United States on a Sunday night at around 8 o'clock to address the nation, to condemn what was going on after we had seen all of that tape from Philadelphia? My goodness, Philadelphia was a focus for about 90 minutes on a Sunday late afternoon. The cop cars that were taken and torched, the looting, uh, incredible, a safe being put out right in the middle of Broad Street. The main drag as far as Philadelphia was concerned. Where was the announcement? Where was the condemnation? You didn't see it at all. You didn't see anything from Donald J. Trump, and nor did you see anything from any of our other leaders in and around well, him. By the way, the, I'm not by the question. way, I'm not politicizing here because I didn't see anything from Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, nor did I hear a thing from Mitch McConnell. Where was Peter King? Where was Lee Zeldin? But crying out loud, we didn't see it until well, last let me night. Ask you, let, we let saw some cockamamie speech of the president telling us he's a law and order deal, really. And then go to a church holding up a Bible. Is that the optic? Is that the grandstanding that took place? I'm telling you, I'm disgusted. I understand where you're coming from, but, but you, you know... We, we're, let me ask you a question. If Rudy Giuliani was the mayor of New York City, you think this would have happened? No way. No way. We had a lack of leadership from the city levels and from the governors. And uh, Donald Trump seems like he always takes a stand back or see, he, with, with that. Remember, he let, he let the, the, the governors decide what was open and when they're going to reopen the states. This was a leadership problem from the states and the cities involved. You, you want to argue Trump could have came out sooner and said that? I'm not going to th I'm, I'm throw arrows at him for that. The, this, these were local issues and local issues. And number one, we talked about sickness before and, 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 and viruses and viruses are opportunistic. When they see weakness, they attack weak spots. 
that's that's what we see. Who died from this virus the most? The elderly and the sick. Well, those groups are viruses. They find weakness. And when they find weakness, just like a virus, they attack. And then the, what's going to determine if a virus spreads or not is the response by the host. And the response from our cities and, and from our mayors, We what is this stuff telling the police departments to stand down and allow this to happen? It, 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 I, we're, you're absolutely correct. We have a total lack of leadership, and I really believe if they're so afraid, and especially the left-leaning politicians that we see in the, gov- the states that are run by Democratic governors and Democratic mayors, they don't want to. They don't want to possibly become labeled as something that's going to upset their base. Look, when I went for my gun permit, the one thing that they said that you're allowed to shoot people, you're allowed when you got when I had to take a gun course for New York State. The one thing that they said that you you can't if you see something going on you cannot pull your weapon out to 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 enter in except for arson. In that New York State code when I went to get my permit it said if you see someone about to attempt arson you can shoot them and be legally protected. And that point was because arson can wipe out and kill so many innocent people. And we're seeing people walk right past our police department and throwing Molotov cocktails into buildings. I, I, I'm at a total loss for what's happening right here, but I think we got to step back and look at it as a collective. What we've done to our society, and this is a reflection from the leadership to what we've done in reaction to the coronavirus. And, you know, you throw a match into an empty vessel, nothing happens. You throw a match into a vessel filled with gasoline, boom. And we filled it with poor leadership and the, and the loss of our humanity and how we live our lives. And what you're seeing, I mean, most of the kids out there that you see are just the, the, these, these young white kids on Long Island protesting. Pro- I, I think it's, I, I don't think they're protesting the police and, and the death of George Floyd as much as they're just protesting, protesting the frustrations of life right now. Um, I don't think anyone supported that cop. That, that 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 police officer that killed Mr. Floyd, we had a we had a full response. Everybody was on the same page. Everybody, but Ron, uh, uh, Ron, Ron, there were plenty of mistakes. I mean, you know that Minnesota governor was a disgrace. Tim Walz, the way he handled it from the outset, he should have had the National Guard in there that night. The charges for Mike Freeman, the Epitacamit County attorney, who's now been off the case, thank goodness. The attorney general of the state, Keith Ellison, taken over. Uh, listen, you want to tell me a third-degree murder charge is the best we can muster up on a Friday and manslaughter for Chauvin? Come on. I mean, what, are we going to whittle that down to a traffic ticket? Are we kidding here? You had no, three other officers involved in the murder of George Floyd that should have been apprehended and put in custody. There was a zillion mistakes with what happened in the state of Minnesota, okay? And this has been going on, by the way, for decades. I'll name you cases all over the state that they have floundered on, okay? This is the culmination of it all that has led to the explosion of what we are seeing here because things were not handled accordingly. This is a pattern, okay? This has been a pattern of history here as far as the state of Minnesota is concerned. And 
when you say it's a pattern, is it a pattern of, of, of police brutality or is it a pattern of poor leadership? I'm a little confused. Both. Both, Both yeah, my that's friend. Fair. And I that's go back fair. to the Philandro Castile case. Remember the individual who was in his car at a traffic stop with his girlfriend? Shot and kill. We're talking about the Muhammad Noor case. He was the black police officer who shot the white woman who came to the police car running through a neighborhood talking about a burglary. He pulled out a gun and shot her. Okay, that was a big case. Listen, it's on both sides here. Both sides we have seen unrest as far as law enforcement and as far as leadership is concerned. And I'll tell you, the leadership has been lacking. I, could, I can't believe how it's been lacking. Please don't tell me how the president came to the mic last night calling himself a law and order president and then taking that staged walk to the Episcopal Church there holding up a Bible. Come on. Give me a break. Can you stop with the optics for one second? And at least if you're going to tell me something, talk about the police brutality that has been going on here. Talk about the minority neighborhoods that need the outreach. Don't tell me you're a law and order guy. And oh, please stop with the rah-rah and the pom-poms for five seconds, please. Listen, I have supported this man for a long time. You know that. You know I've supported him in a lot yes, of the things he has done over three years plus, okay? But lately, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I don't know where he's, his head is at and everything else. And if he wants to lose the election, he's doing a pretty good job, I'm going to tell you right now. If he wants to lose the re-election, he's doing a pretty good job right now. I'm going to tell you that right now. Well, I, look, I... The president's reaction can be debated back and forth, and, and we can look at the lack of leadership. But let's look about how we're going to heal. Now, remember, before this whole COVID thing, our economy was doing really well. And, you know, we had some incredible statistics under President Trump that, that I saw that I... Black home ownership at its highest, black unemployment at its lowest, Hispanic home ownership at its highest, Hispanic unemployment at its lowest. Women had the high, highest amount of women, per se, employed. Every, everything was doing really well, and I didn't sense all this, all of the, uh, I really thought that the, the greatest way to, to, to heal race issues is by having people be successful and prosperous and happy. Um, you know, this is, you know, the people that are the most frustrated are the people that are trapped in, 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 in situations where they can't get out of them. And, and, and then they turn to the, the, the wrong avenues for income, be it drugs or whatever. So we, 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 the country was on a great path. The country was on a great path of healing, of, of, of really becoming one nation again. I really thought so. But let me tell you, there's been one problem since the election of Donald Trump. I've never seen more hate spewed towards an elected president than we have towards President Trump. And that comes from the left, and that comes from the media. Listen, the he, barrage of here's, hatred, here's the problem. Yeah. Now, listen, I agree with you a thousand percent. I said you and I are in lockstep on that because the divide in this country, this what we're dealing with right now is a derivative of how two sides cannot get along, cannot agree upon and cannot find solutions. That divide has transferred now into what we're seeing today. 
The media, by the way, is a big part of this. I've been saying this for a long time. The media okay, they could not, uh, they could not is, accept losing an election, and they could not. So they came up with this Russia thing. We now find out that was completely false. We had the ex head of the CIA telling the American people on CNN that Trump is a Russian asset and Putin could be pulling strings. That's irresponsible. So this hatred that's been going on since the election of Donald Trump, and we're going to go back to the chicken and egg. Who saw, they said to impeach the guy the moment he won the election. So I, we see that negativity every day, the media pounding, pounding, pounding. The hatred towards this man is, and what's been, we're just sprinkling hate on society all day long. Then you throw the COVID on top of it and how we've taken away our humanity and all the things that we do as humans has been altered. And it's been altered by people that were not correct. You, you know, some of these, these mandates, this is why I'm so against the social distancing and the mask where I'm like, its effect on society is certainly doing greater damage than protecting, possibly protecting someone of the 0.03% that could die from COVID. We're, we're changing everything about who we are, and we're taking away our humanity, and we're taking away how we love and how we interact and how we release our stress and how we work out and how we commune with nature, and even how we worship our God. This, we, everything is connected, Jay, on this, from the media and, and its response and the hatred to Trump, to the reactions to the coronavirus, and to the irresponsible behavior by our police department and, and, and some of these dirty cops. And let me tell you, you know this, no one hates a bad cop more than a good cop. The, so this attack on our overall police we have to be careful with that, with this systemic racism stuff. I don't see that. I, I mean, I go to that gym and I work out next to black Americans, Asian Americans. I go to the gym, I see uh, we have people of the Muslim faith, of the Jewish faith, of the Christian. 99% of us all get along. So this whole idea that this, it's systemic racism, across, I don't buy that nonsense. Uh, listen, you, you make good points. Uh, I'm not so sure about uh, having an Ozark uh, by the lake in real time as far as Main Street, U.S. of A. on Long Island. I'm not sure about that. Uh, I still think we, we have to keep our safety involved here until we know more regarding the mask and distancing. But I do believe uh, we have to get back into society. I think we've been locked up way too long. Uh, I think we've been micromanaged to the point of no return in many a case. That's got to change. We're not even in phase freaking two yet. Listen, uh, always a pleasure to have you, and I look forward to next week, my friend. We're not going to let the women of our society get to a hair salon and a nail salon soon. We're going to start to see some real crazy stuff happen. Hey, listen, my, my wife is starting to look like Phyllis Diller, all right? So, uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I gotta, I got to get these salons open, please. You know, I, I can't take it anymore. The toenails are taking it to my calves at night. I can't take it anymore. Always a pleasure. You stay well and kiss that baby for me, will you? I love you. Stay safe during these crazy days, my friend. I love <laughs> Talk to you next week.